This episode of the Better Two Podcast is brought to you by Kitty Mystic and DM Needham, author of My Days with the Dark Muse, as well as Love is Worth Waiting For. Hi, gang. Donna here. Thanks for tuning in to the Better Two Podcast. Today's guest is Cheryl Cryer. Cheryl Cryer has a CBD business called Cry Baby Cryer that also specializes in pet treats called Fat Sam's. Her and I today, though, we don't only talk about her CBD business. Our main focus is, well, kind of how she got her name, Crybaby Cryer. She is a roller derby girl. And we talk and explore the roller derby and find out things that might surprise you. So stay tuned. Hi, Cheryl. How are you doing today? Hi, I'm great. Thank you. How are you? I'm doing good. Uh, in all fairness, folks, Cheryl and I have known each other for quite a while, but there's certain aspects of Cheryl's life that I wasn't familiar with. And really my only experience with roller derby is, well, my mom and dad got me a pair of roller derby sk- skates back in the 1970s. That was my first pair of skates. I didn't have those strap on kinds. I had the lace up boots. So that's my experience with the roller derby. And I know Cheryl's got a lot more other different experiences with roller derby than I do. So talk to us about it. Tell us. Hi. Hi. Um, I have loved skating since I was a little girl and my aunt would take, uh, my cousin is a year older than me and she would take my cousin and myself to the roller rink, just like all the other kids, you know, Friday, Saturday night, we'd be dropped off there and picked up and, um, I just loved roller skating. My friends in the neighborhood had bikes. I had a bike too, but I uh, oftentimes would be on my roller skates instead. Um, And uh, yeah, so I've been involved in roller derby for, I don't know, it's over 10 years. I think I, uh, I went to my first practice maybe in 2010 or 2011. Um, And I've been uh, involved in some way ever since. Uh, And I love it. I love it. I love to roller skate. I do too. I mean, I'll be honest when I, you know, the, the second pair or third pair of skates I owned was the tennis shoe skates. Sears yep. and robot catalog circled that for Christmas in the wish book. And I got that, but I would sit there, I would go outside because I didn't always get to go to the roller rink and I would sit out, you know, in the street doing tricks on my skates. And it's like, I never thought about doing roller derby. I always wanted them to put like the figure skating of roller skates into the Olympics. That would have been something I would have oh. loved. I love figure skating. And sometimes when we go to practice or I've gone to practice in the past, the figure skaters would be out there with their coaches and doing these just beautiful, graceful jumps and turns and everything. Um, Yeah, I always wanted to be that, but really never got a lot of that. Um. (laughs) I get it. I mean, it was was one thing I because the funny thing is, while I'm talking about doing all these wonderful tricks and everything, if you brought me to the roller rink, to skate backwards for some reason I couldn't do it I would like freak myself out and fall down I don't know that's, why <laughs> well that's that's what happens because we get so like worked up in our minds that then we tell ourselves our body can't do something um but yeah I would just tell you to wiggle your butt you just wiggle your butt back 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 and then you'd be able to your legs would just move <laughs> Back then, I would do it. Now, I've messed up my back. I wouldn't even... Every time I've tried to skate since I hit my mid-20s, I can't skate. My back starts killing me. Oh. Which sucks because I used to love it. I mean, the last time I went skating was on Lakeshore Drive. You know, the park near Lakeshore Drive. And it was like, I did it for about 30 minutes. It's like, nope, your back's not happy now. So. Yeah. Low back. uh, Everything. Um. Which, yeah. let's be honest, roller derby is a lot more physical than just skating. Yes, roller derby is a lot more physical than just skating. And I am no stranger to injuries and pain. Um, so, yeah. But, uh, you know, I think, too, uh, just like anything else, uh, the more you do it, um, you know, this is what I tell the new the newbies anyway. Uh, the more you do it, the, the less pain you'll feel maybe the next time or the next time. Um, or not. Um, but I do a lot at home to, uh, rehab, uh, too. So I have an inversion table. I do aerial yoga. Um, I get regular massages, you know, I, you know, all types of natural type 
modalities. Um, I, you know, watch my diet, eat anti-inflammatory foods. You know, I have to because I'm 50 now. Um, Yeah. So, um, you know, am I out there playing high level roller derby? No, not anymore. I'm 50. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I never was, you know, I never was a top like top roster roller derby player. I had a, a lot of different leadership positions um, and I love to skate and I love to play roller derby. Um, I played roller derby to skate and the hitting and the physical contact uh, was a second, more secondary to me. Some people come to roller derby just so they can, you know, hit someone or get that physical aggression out. I just love the freedom and the feeling, you know, it's just like, we, you know, like just being like a, you know, like a 10 year old, I just feel so free on roller skate and I love it. And that's really where, um, where I uh, shine, I guess, or my thing is um, I love to teach people how to skate and um, teach people how to, um, you know, position themselves and get ready to, to play roller derby. Um, and, um, I'm fortunate, uh, to be on the training committee of the league that I'm involved with right now, which is the Aurora 88s in Aurora, Illinois. Um, uh, and that's where I started back then. Um, I went to another league, which was great. And I had just a, you know, a lot of people, they come to roller derby the first time and they don't realize the level of commitment that it has. You come to roller derby, you're like, yeah, I want to play roller derby. Um, and then you realize that there's a commitment, there's, you know, practice twice a week and there's, uh, skates and gear and it's, you know, not, not cheap. Um, so anyway, I, I actually didn't start with the 88s. I started with another team and I did a, a few weeks of it and then work and life and I couldn't keep up with the commitment. So I stopped. Um, and then when I came back, um, I, I just went to the other team for, for no reason, you know, it wasn't like a drama or anything like that. It was just, um, I pretty much lived in the middle of the two, of the two leagues. Chicago is fortunate enough and they're all starting to come back now post COVID, but Chicago is so cool that there are so many leagues and so many places that you can skate. If you want to play roller derby everywhere from, you know, in the city, to the uh, Northwest Indiana, the South suburbs, West suburbs, far West suburbs, Northwest suburbs. I mean, they're everywhere. Um, And um, locally and uh, nationally and internationally, we're a very tight knit family. Um, I used to, before we moved, um, I used to house skaters. So we would house, my husband and I uh, would house skaters um, that were coming in from travel teams to play us, you know, sure, come on. And it was so great. We'd make breakfast and, you know, plan dinners and then games and all of that. It was just fabulous. Um, so anyway, I went on that tangent, but, um, I, I, then I, so I, I really got my feet wet into roller derby, um, with the Aurora 88s and I stayed with them a couple of years. Um, and, um, moved to the Chicago Bruce brothers. My husband was playing with them. Um, at the time we weren't married. We didn't even know each other yet, but, um, we started dating and it was just, you know, easier for me to do that. But anyway, so I, 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 I hopped around, I guess, over the last, um, 10 years or so. Um, and then the Bruce brothers started practicing with, uh, this team called the Chicago Red Hots and they were really fast and they were very athletic. Um, you know, and I'm chubby. I've always been chubby, uh, not very fast, exhausted, uh, not very good. Um, but, uh, we had a combined practice every Sunday with the Red Hots. And at the beginning I was like, no freaking way you guys go out there. I'm just going to sit over here. I don't know. Text my friends, uh, give you a hija every once in a while. But, uh, my husband challenged me and he was just like, you just need to try it. You know, I was very intimidated. Oh, it's so funny. I just said that because a friend of mine just yesterday said, um, are you intimidating or are you intimidated? And there's a difference, right? Because I, it's, it's, it has to do with another work issue. But anyway, so I, I was intimidated by them, but I, I used to think they were intimidating, but it wasn't it, right? It was me. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, <laughs> we give so power I jumped to in. Yes, yeah, yes. I gave away my power to people, but I don't do that shit anymore. Oops, explicit now. Oh, I crossed cares? the line. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> 
But uh, anyway, uh, so I started jumping in. And um, I mean, most of the time I couldn't last half a warm up. Um, these were fast skaters. These were very athletic. And all the other teams I'd been, you know, associated with were also very athletic. Um, but uh, this team didn't even have like a newbie program. You either sank or swim kind of thing. So um, I quit smoking. I um, started going to speed class. Um, I really got serious. And then I joined the team. And that was wonderful. That was one of the best experiences of my whole derby career is being with them. Um, well, now it's pretty great, too, uh, back with the 88s. I don't know. I'll talk about that in a minute. But that's pretty great, too. Um, but uh, And then uh, my last year with them or so, um, I was a captain of the team. Um, and that was pretty a big honor for me, um, especially being a middle roster skater, uh, to be, uh, you know, a captain. Um, and it just really, um, it really challenged me to get better all the while. I mean, this wasn't when I was a young adult, this was just, you know, five years ago or whatever, you know? Um, and so, uh, that was great. Um, and then, um, I wanted a, a way to get all the men skaters I knew, because mind you, the Bruce brothers and the Red Hots were practicing together, but their rule set was a little bit different. Um, some of the guys were on board, some were not, and that's fine. But anyway, I wanted to get away uh, for the male skaters I knew in the area, not just in Chicagoland, that really liked to play this particular rule set. I wanted a way to get them together. So I created this Facebook group um, to just invite them to practices, maybe do some clinics and whatnot. Well, that evolved into my friend D and I starting the Midwest All-Stars. So we kept that group. We started inviting other skaters into it. Um, and uh, it came about, uh, and if I'm going on some tangent, just stop me. Uh, but uh, it came about because we had an opponent back out last minute on the Red Hots. So the Red Hots were like, hey, do you think you guys can scrape up enough skaters that you know to play us? And I'm like, yeah, I think we can. So Dee and I were messaging our friends like through the night. And by the next morning, we had like a full roster plus alts. Um, it was amazing. I, I just look back and then, um, you know, somebody created a logo for us and da da da. Well, then fast forward for the next couple of years, this Midwest All-Stars team, we were playing major events. Wow. We were playing against a team, you know, we were playing against, um, you know, Team Adam at RollerCon, and we were playing against these other teams um, at uh, other derby events, uh, Beat Me Halfway, and it was just so much fun. Um, it wasn't uh, always the same roster. Oh, and we even sent a, a team several years in a row to uh, nas a national tournament. So. Wow really grew um and people love to be on the team and i still see people wearing uh the merch and the midwest all-stars logo and all of that so um i do hope to get that uh going again um in some capacity um but fast forward to today um you know a lot's happened since then um i stopped playing all together for a short amount of time uh because of uh multiple concussions and injuries, um, and then some like personal problems. So I like took some time off um, and uh, dabbled a little bit here and there uh, with the Aurora 88s. You know, the, the, beauty, the beauty about the, uh, the 88s is that um, it was always like a home base. I could always go back. Um, and we did, and my husband and I did, you know, whether it was refing or a, a other type of officiating or coaching or anything. Um, and so I'm back there now um, at 50 um, post, you know, post this COVID and post lockdown, because mind you, all the teams shut down for yeah. two years. Yeah. Um, we may have been, or they may have been practicing in pockets or, under the radar. Uh, I, I, I didn't, um, not, not because I wouldn't have, I probably would have outside or with a mask mask, but, um, you know, the, be, because of just, we didn't want to spread it and there's nothing more closer contact. I mean, the worst thing you can do to a roller derby team is show up with a cold. You're going to transfer that 
so fast because we're rubbing bodies and we're sweating yeah. on people and we're face to face and you're trying to talk through your mouth guard and spit always comes out. I mean, you know, you just yeah, can't. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so um, all these teams are coming back now. It's just so great. Um, and we're coming back with uh, just one deeply missing those connections because it was like family. Um, and I just can't wait for RollerCon this year because I'm going again. I'm working it again. Um, and I just can't wait to see folks that, you know, I haven't seen in a long time. Nice. Um, yeah. Wow. That was a tangent. <laughs> it's okay. I was going to say, you know, roller, between roller derby coming back, roller skating is also coming back because like now Rogers yeah. uh, opened up a place out in California where you can go roller skating and stuff. So it's, it's more of a dance type thing. And you're seeing the videos on TikTok and Instagram and YouTube and Facebook of roller skating people doing what we did in the eighties. So in it's, the eighties. Yeah. Yeah. So it's nice to, it's nice to see that come back. And I, and I do, because I know this and I don't know if you want to share it out, but your wedding was actually <laughs> tied to roller skating as well. Yes. My wedding was, uh, I got married at Lombard roller rink at the start of the Bruce brothers and the red hots practice. Oh man. That hit me in the feels, friend. Um, it's okay. It's all good. Um, yeah. So um, I could uh, show you my wedding skates if you want to see okay. them. Can you see them? Oh, cool. Yeah, I can see them. Very cool. Yeah. So I have them uh, right up here. Um, yeah. So I married the uh, a saint. Uh, and the most wonderful human being on earth. And we got married at the roller rink. Um, and uh, it was at the beginning of practice. Uh, so we had the Chicago Bruce brothers in uniform and we had the Chicago red hots in uniform um, and just a few family members. Yeah. It was wonderful. You, had, and, uh, you, you, you married the passion of your life while doing, you know, while dressed for what your I love. Yes. Yes. And one of my dear friends, Val Capone, um, married us and uh, backed by officials on skates. And nice. um, it's, it was, it's great. And then my friend, um, Lenny Gilmore, um, he, um, he was, he is a photographer and videographer, and he was not my photographer that I hired for my wedding. Um, Kristen Ackerman was, and she did a great job. But anyway, he just set up something in the rink, and I had no idea. So he set up his camera and then was in my wedding. Um, and then I would say like an hour after the wedding, this video gets hits YouTube, and it's just everybody's sharing it. And he put clips of the wedding to a song um, and then Huffington Post picked it up uh, and then they shared the heck out of it. And, you know, you know, if I knew that was going to happen, I would have like, I don't know, maybe put more money in my makeup in my I don't know. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I would have done more. But then it, maybe it would have been too like um, structured. Staged. Yeah, too staged, yeah, too structured. This is more. Too yeah. But um, so if you ever want to find that, um, you can just. You can just Google, um, it's Bob and Cryer's roller skate wedding. Okay. I didn't mean uh, to make you, you get emotional, dear. Well, you hit me right in the feels. You can see how much I love, yeah. love that whole event and just so how proud I am to have been there with. So it, here's how it was. So it wasn't my first marriage. It wasn't his first marriage. And my mom and his mom were like, uh, we want to be at the wedding. Well, he, we, him and I, we wanted to just go away. And just do something, you know, I don't know, on the beach or, you know, some kind of destination and just have it us. But I saw there, I understood why they would want to be there. So we're like, okay, well, then we're going to do it on our terms because where else? We're going to, what, go into a church? I don't even go to church. Right. Um, <laughs> right. You know, um, I, I mean, of course, we could have done a ceremony, you know, somewhere at a park or whatever, but um, I think he did that in his first wedding. And you know what? We wanted to make it special to us because truly skating is what, uh, what one of the first things that, uh, you know, we shared together, uh, our love for it. And you have to realize uh, we were skating five days a week. So we were doing, um, we were doing uh, the Chicago Bruce Brothers practices. 
We were doing uh, additional Red Hots practices. We were refing for other teams. Uh, I was going to speed class and I would drag him, of course, to speed. So, you know, we were skating a lot um, and traveling a lot. So it really uh, formed our relationship, I feel, in a lot of ways. Uh, and, you know, when he, he quit roller derby uh, before I did, um, and it, it really, I was very salty with him about that. I felt like, um, you know, what are you doing to us? <laughs> um, but we found something else. We kayak and we skate around town and we do other things together and it's fine. And he does CrossFit now. So I'm not doing that. No, I mean, the thing is it, if you still can find things to bring you together, even though it may not be roller derby anymore there's still that connection there. And that, that's the, yeah. that's the biggest key to the a relationship is having that connection. Yeah. Even if yeah. it changes, because I mean, yeah. we all change and evolve. We yeah, we do. do. We and do. If, I'm different too. I mean, I'm different too. I'm still, I still love to skate. And if you, but it, the thing is, if you don't evolve with each other, then the relationship's not going to last. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. True. True. So we do. And he just wants me to be happy and I just want him to be happy. And so whatever new endeavor, um, I just keep going back to roller derby. I don't know. I it's, it's been great. I, I found it. I think I was 39. Um, and then I was 41 when I met him, but, um, I was 39. Um, and my, my sons, uh, I was a single mom and my sons were in high school and, you know, they could care less what I was doing in the evening or whatever anymore. It wasn't like we did stuff together. They were just with their friends uh, or playing video games upstairs or whatever. But um, so I started dating and the guy that I was dating, I met him online. And one of the first things he asked is, would you like to go on a roller skate date with me? And I was like, what? That sounds like so wholesome and fun. Yes. <laughs> it like awakened this whole thing, you know, because I loved skating so much when I was a, a kid and then I got married and had kids and, you know, I'd go to the rink with them for their fundraisers and that, but it, it wasn't, you know, uh, it was just for them. So, um, so we used to go, uh, to roller on roller skate dates and I started feeling really good, you know, and strong and I could feel it in my core and all this. Um, and one time there was a poster um, on the rink that said, try out for roller derby. And I was like, what? Really? You know, I saw whip it. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I did. And I met uh, the first, my first friend I met there and she's still like my bestie, uh, which is Storm and Stella, you know, uh, talked to me and befriended me. Um, and she still, um, here we go with the fields. She's still, you know, a dear friend. Um, and these are connections that, you know, I can't say I ever made a lot of deep relationships prior to that. I mean, I had, um, you know, I had my neighbors um, and my family, um, but I was busy. I was a single mom. I was either going to school or teaching school, um, working in industry full time. Um, but when I joined roller derby, I, it just, it opened up a whole world for me. Um, and I met women um, and men um, that I would never normally meet and different people. And, um, you know, because at the end of the day, when you're out on the track and you have your helmet on, um, you know, it's can you skate? Right. Can you skate or not? Right. Am I about to lay you the F out or not? Right. 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 Um, so, uh, but under the helmets, we have, you know, MBAs and teachers and baristas and students and every, um, every uh, person, every type of person. And, um, uh, and, and you're, you're not going to find a more diverse group than folks involved with roller derby uh, from uh, gender fluidity uh, to identifying. There's a thing flying around here, but um, it has taught me so much uh, about uh, my fellow humans. I love it. I, I, I mean, if you can't tell. <laughs> well, and that's a blessing that, you know, it teaches you and, and you learn that all sorts of different people can come together. And that, and that's, that's something that we yeah. all need to learn in many different aspects. So do you have a roller derby name yourself? <laughs> it's Crybaby Crier. <laughs> that's what I thought, but I wanted to make sure before I 
Yeah, it's Cry Baby Crier. My last name's Crier. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, I'm not going to go here now, but we'll talk about this. She does also have a CBD business called Cry Baby Crier. Cry Baby Crier. Which- yes. Yeah. I do. Thank you. But um, so the name, uh, yeah, we can talk about that in a minute. It's it's kind of a cheap way out because when I started my business, I didn't have a social media platform or a website, but I owned crybabycryer.com and I had those social handles because I was always posting roller derby stuff on those handles. So I just took them um, for for my business. And I, with the idea that um, I would someday transfer it to like a, like a, normal sounding name or something. I don't know, but here we are five years later and I'm still using it. So um, anyway, and that's what my company's called. So well, all I good. Think, I think it works out good that way because of the fact that it part of your company is about healing and what better yeah. way to promote it than somebody who has had injuries from doing something physical that is, yeah. you know, a passion of theirs. Yes. Yes. I, um, when I was first making products before I really started my business, I would make this topical, which is actually the pain relief topical that I use today, but it was, you know, iterations. And I would pour it into baby food jars because we had those aplenty because I was helping my son uh, with with his daughter. But and I would pour it in baby food jars and I'd write OF on the top and I'd give it to my friends like, try this, try this. You know, they'd give me the feedback. Well, that kind of worked, but can you make it a little stronger or I don't like the smell or, you know, all of that. So yeah, it's exactly what I did. Um, And the formula that I used was what uh, the acupuncturist and Chinese medicine uh, doctor used to treat my injuries, my roller derby injuries. So it kind of was fluid. But anyway, um, back to the name. So having a last name like Cryer, you are teased a lot in grade school. I was teased a lot. Um, And so I would cry. And as you can see, I cry very easily. Um, And I think it was because of all the programming. Like I have so many feelings now. For my whole life, you know, just cry very easily. Um, and uh, so that was very easy to choose Cry Baby Crier as a derby name. Um, you know, that's what, uh, what was his last name? <clears throat> oh, it's going to come to me later and then I'll have to tell you later. But uh, would chase me in kindergarten every day at recess and Cry Baby Crier. And then he would chase me around. And I would fall and I would skim the same damn knee every time. Um, <laughs> but uh, I'd like to see him put some skates on nowadays. And we <laughs> see what'll happen to that guy. <laughs> I'm sure you could skate him under the table and then some. <laughs> maybe, um, maybe. Uh, yeah. Another fun thing, um, and this is more, um, especially during uh, when during COVID, when we weren't be able to meet up and skate, I started just, and I'd, love to skate outside, but I started skating outside a lot more. And I, I split my time um, between here and, and Florida. And I started skating in Florida a lot too. <clears throat> and then I signed up for the uh, Florida inline marathon. And there's another one coming in October. So I skated the marathon in my quads. A lot of people, uh, the serious athletes, a lot of them are in inlines. But I skated in quads and I wasn't the only one, uh, but I did a half marathon this year. And I think I'm going to do a half marathon next year. It's 13 miles. Wow. Um, so it's about an hour, maybe a little less than an hour. Um, but uh, that is a cool accomplishment. I, I signed up and I wanted to do it before I turned 50. So I did that in October, right before my birthday. Um, and that was pretty fun. I, um, I had a hotel out there. I had it like all set up and then I had another a vendor market I was going to be doing down there, but the hotel screwed up my reservation. The market I was working at ended up running late, uh, you know, late into the night. So <clears throat> I just stayed at my son's house and then I got up at like three in the morning and drove to Sarasota. It was like three hours to register and get my stuff and then race and then I got back in my car and I drove back to my son's house three hours and my legs were so cramped <laughs> afterwards, <laughs> but I, I didn't feel a thing. I was just so excited. Like I was skating, I'm taking selfies, I'm calling my mom, you know, my neighbors texting me like, hi, have you seen Bernie? I'm like, no, I'm skating a marathon, you know? <laughs> all, I, all I can envision is, did you ever watch How I Met Your Mother? 
<laughs> Neil Patrick Harris's character Barney decides he's going to run the marathon with no practice, and he he's all excited. <laughs> he wins. He made it. And then he sits on the subway and then he can't move because <laughs> his legs are cramped up so much bad. Me. That's pretty much me. And the next day I had to fly home oh. um, and my legs were sore. But um, yeah, I did one practice run. Uh, I did two practice runs, actually. I did one practice run out my works. My makerspace is right on the Fox River Trail. So I, I and this is a trail I skate all the time. But I'm like, I'm going to do 13 miles. I knew where it was. I put my son on my earbuds. I was talking to him. And I skated from Batavia to St. Charles and back in like 50 minutes. 13 miles. And I'm just running. I'm, I'm talking to him. So I didn't even think of it. Do, do, do. So I'm like, okay, that's my best time. Then me still thinking I was going to do the full marathon, 26 miles. And I read, you're actually not supposed to like do intensive training leading up. You're supposed to maybe... You know, there's like this whole training schedule. So I'm thinking, okay, training schedule. Okay, fine. So then I, I, I had to do, I had some business meetings down there. So then I, I, I flew down to Florida um, and drove back out to Sarasota. This was maybe two weeks or a month before the race. And I skated it. Um, and the terrain was completely different than what I'm used to. So the terrain out here is, you know, you're, you're kind of hauling butt up the hill and then you're going down the hill. So it's, you know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's just a little bit different feel than just straight away where you really have to work on your form and keep your stride right and all that. Anyway, I got intimidated um, or it was intimidating, probably both. But uh, <laughs> so I, <laughs> so I'm driving home and I'm thinking about this. And by the next day I decided um, I'm going to, I'm going to just do the uh, half marathon. And I'm glad I did because otherwise my friend, my friend Tina and Amanda did the full marathon and I'm so proud of them and they did great. But I, I just don't think that I had the endurance that they had, you know? Uh, so this year I'm going to do the half marathon again. Um, and I'm just going to try to beat my time. That's still something to be proud of, especially, you. you know, when uh, I guess I had on, and actually her show dropped today at 40. She decided she was a recovered alcoholic and everything. And at 40, she decided she was going to get into female bodybuilding and oh, now wow. she's won champions and she just turned 50. And I mean, she's won a couple of championships and yeah, I mean, so I, I think for anybody that sits there and thinks, well, after, you know, after you hit 40, you might as well just pack it in. No, there's life after 40. There yeah. Is. I started playing roller derby. Yeah. That's what I'm getting yeah, at. I mean, I it's like, marathons. The, well, you know, Hollywood kind of portrays that unless you're the, you know, the cute little thing or the grandma figure, there's no in between for a woman. There's no real role for her. But the fact of the matter is women are more capable and empowered at 40 and above than they have ever been in, the, in any time in this world. You know? Yeah. I, uh, I was uh, a hot mess in my early 20s. There's no way I could have done the things that these types of things back then. I, I couldn't have had the focus or the time. But um, what's her name? And her podcast is on. It's dropping now. What is her it, name? The episode drops today. It's Jules A. She actually has two episodes. Actually, this episode is called Miss Jules because she's also a former dominatrix. Oh, I want to be her friend. <laughs> she's pretty cool. Oh, she's a pretty yeah. amazing story. Yeah. Um, but. I mean, that, it's just, it's empowering when I've talked to people that are a little older and they're, they're sitting there being honest about who they have, their struggles that they've had. And that's one thing when we were in our twenties, we couldn't be honest about our struggles because there was a taboo. If you talked about being sad or upset or anything, then you were crazy. You couldn't be honest about who you were. You had to put on a mask because otherwise, if you said you had a therapist, oh my gosh, you must be insane. No, it's actually I have a, I have a therapist because I, I'm not insane. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But, I mean, that's, that's another way we've changed over the last 20, 30 years is because we're more open and willing to embrace those things and embrace being that I'm going to go out and join roller derby in my forties. I'm going to go do this yeah. in my fifties. It doesn't matter. I, I'm allowed to change my life. I'm allowed to start a podcast. Yeah. And have it be wildly successful. Yeah. I'm talking about you. Yeah. When I'm, did you start your podcast? A year ago. I started it See? a year ago and I have over a hundred episodes that I've done. So, and then now we've, we've oh. done the side project, which 
the live show is B2D2 because Sherry's Sherry Diamond and I'm Donna. So it's D2. But that kind of, she was a guest on my show and she's like, hey, you want to do this? And I'm like, all right, let's go. So I mean, let's do that. you never know where opportunities are going to go. And that's the thing. It's like you going on that date. The guy may not have worked out, but you found another passion. And that's the thing. We don't really realize this. Yeah. Sometimes somebody's presented in our life that we're like, okay, whatever, an opportunity is presented in our life. And we're like, eh, you're right. But it ends up working out the way it should. Yeah, it's all supposed to happen this way. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why we have to choose to be happy right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the, your circumstances around you are always going to be, you know, disappointing, frustrating, late, tired, duh, 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 which I am all of those things, especially anybody who has talked to me lately. Um, it's like, man, crier, I'm tired of you telling me how busy you are. And I'm like, I'm just going to stop saying it. I'm just going to, and it's like, I have to say, why do I have to say that? I don't. Uh, but anyway, lately has been very busy um, uh, and up early and doing a lot of work, but uh, it's, it's good. It's good. Um, yeah. But that's because you're not just a roller derby person. You're not just married. You're not just a grandmother. You no. also have a business and you're also a co-author. So it's like, <laughs> I can see where you have all this going. I can. I do. I, I just have to be very careful because it's um, like anybody, any of us. Um, I tend to take on way too much. And then, um, you know, if I don't reel it back and try to get back to center, on the regular, it, it will get out of control. And then that's when things end up going on their head, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's a daily and, um, self-care has to come first. I have to prioritize myself, you know? Yeah. And somebody might say, well, you're so busy. So why are you making the time for yoga? Or I see you're not too busy to go skating twice a week or nope, that's gotta be first. I have to put that first because otherwise I'm not any good to anybody else when I'm uh, not, uh, even, <laughs> even if I am good to anybody else, even when I am, I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah. So thanks. It's a, it's definitely interesting. I started my um, CBD business after um, trying to heal from, um, you know, a, a personal situation that, you know, really uh, was very stressful, which and, uh, physical ailments and taking on way too much in, um, roller derby leadership. So I was a a board member on, um, on a governing body and, you know, all of this stuff and, uh, trying to form a a men's team, uh, to represent the country. And, you know, it was just very, very stressful. Um, on top of that, um, some family stuff, (laughs) I went on medical leave from my job, um, and, uh, had, you know, a doctor for every body function, practically all with different medication. I still was not sleeping at night. I was still melting down every day, you know, just not really able to cope. Um, and my son said, uh, why don't you try CBD? And it wasn't quite legal yet. Um, it was in 2017 and I'm like, uh, you know, I'm not really about that pot life. You know, my association to that was, you know, if you're out drinking, then maybe you'll partake, but it wasn't, I didn't look at it like a medicinal Uh, thing, you know? Um, and so I, I got to thinking of it. I bought a couple things, um, online, uh, got burned, um, you know, wasn't enough CBD or they, you know, just, um, and then I found a company that was great by my son's referral again. And, um, I tried it and I got the best sleep of my life felt like, I mean, after, you know, being sleep deprived for like six months straight, trying to deal with, all of these changes that were happening to my, to my body and my personal life and my, my poor son and my granddaughter, um, I got a great night's sleep. <clears throat> so I started doing that a few nights in a row. Well, when you start getting a good night's sleep, then you can make some better changes and better choices the next day. Uh, I wasn't melting down as much. I was making better choices on the food I was eating. I wasn't going for the comfort food or the sugar or the ice cream or whatever. Um, And then I could start to address some of these autoimmune issues that were flaring up, no doubt due to stress. So that opened the door truly for my wellness journey. And then uh, I went to each one of my doctors and I said, hey, um, I started taking CBD and, you know, it's really helping me sleep. 
Um, not the, you know, Xanax or the Ambien or the blood pressure med with, I have low blood pressure. I don't even know why I was on that one. Um, and I got a positive result, a positive response from the neurologist, from the gastro doctor, from my family doctor. Everybody was on board except the psychiatrist. And this was the one that kept adding more antidepressants and, and things. And, um, they likened it to uh, masking my problems with alcohol. And I got very mad. I stood up and walked out. <clears throat> so I went to my family doctor again. I told him all what I was interested in doing. And he says, don't worry about it. Keep doing the CBD. I'll manage your psych meds for now. Um, and then I began a journey of eliminating them a little bit at a time. And it wasn't just psych meds. I was on um, Pentassa for my gut which was eight huge horse pill. I mean, I was just on like 15 different pills. Um, and uh, then uh, I started to get, before I started to go off, and this was really what got me like, I've got to stop this. Um, I started to get a heart condition called QT prolongation. And it's where your heart races to try to catch up. Um, and it's caused by serotonin syndrome oftentimes, you know, so I was on too much meds, you know, and yeah. so their answer was, we'll try this other med. We'll try this too then. Um, so anyway, uh, I went on a doctor guided journey to get off my meds all the while also working with a naturopath, changing my diet, um, going, getting a medical cannabis card, um, all of these things combined. Um, so that that's really how I got started. I never thought in a million years I would be owning a CBD brand. Um, I had a corporate job. I had global responsibilities. It was an office job, but I worked from home. So I really had it um, for everybody looking out in, I really had it made, um, but I wasn't happy there. So anyway, I went off medical leave. I went back to the corporate job uh, my first week back and I knew this was part of the problem. It just wasn't for me. Um, anymore. And mind you, uh, this was the life I strive for my whole adult life up to this point, raising children, going to school, getting an MBA, doing the whole single mom thing. Uh, that's what I thought I wanted. And I walked away from a lot of money. Um, but anyway, I, I left, I, um, I went to HR, this is not working. Um, and we figured it out and I left. Um, all, uh, meanwhile, my husband, who is not like me, <laughs> he's like, what are you going to do? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. But I know it's not that. And I didn't go through this whole year, basically, of figuring out how I'm going to help my family keep healthy, have healthy relationships. Um, and uh, so I just, I, I said, I didn't know. Anyway, one day I'm like, I'm going to write to the CBD company. So I did. I wrote to the CBD company and coincidentally, their VP of sales grew up in St. Charles. This is a Denver based company wow. or Evergreen, Evergreen. Uh, and I'm still with them today. I'm still buying the same CBD from the same source. Anyway, so they um, they uh, coincidentally grew up. He knew my area. He knew everything. And I told him, you know, I told him my whole thing, what I'd been going through. So they let me in. I was like the littlest wholesaler. Um, I, I put it on my credit card. I didn't tell my husband, not that I had to, I guess I did. I should have, but I didn't. Um, and mind you, I've only been married six years, right? So at this time we were married four years, we were married pretty much. And then I had this crisis a year later. Um, and he stuck through it with me. Thank God. Um, but anyway, yeah. So, um, I, uh, lost track of what I was saying, but, um, but that's, that, that's how my uh, yeah, he's great. That's what he tells me. I, he's just a great guy. I tell him, I don't deserve you. And he's like, you don't even know how much I love you. It's so nice. It's so nice. We've been together nine years. I mean, and yeah. it, uh, it's based on trust and respect. You know, it, 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 it equals love, you know, it, it, deep mm -hmm. love. But, but uh, so anyway, he stuck it out. Um, and uh, so here I am. And uh, five years later, um, you know, I'm licensed by the department, Illinois Department of Agriculture as a hemp processor. Um, I'm a small batch maker. I sell to a single proprietor type chiropractors, physical therapists, and wellness centers, some doggy boutiques. And then I have an online store where I sell retail. 
Um, not to plug it, but that's what it is. Thanks for letting me do that. You got to plug it. That's fine. That's why we're doing this. Yes. Um, and doing this brings in, um, you know, I sponsor roller derby teams. I, my company is involved. Um, we do a skate, uh, the 5k for a, um, uh, a nonprofit, uh, for animal rights. So I get to bring all the things I love in my personal life and have loved all my life. I get to bring that into my work and then I get to leverage my business experience through managing this company. Um, so it's pretty great. It's, it's pretty great, you know, um, and I'm learning a whole lot about myself and I'm still healing. But, uh, recently, um, I went to school, I went back to school and, um, learned about medicinal plants. So that was really fun. And it was like a six month program at Cornell and I got a certificate with my name on it. Congratulations. Thanks. Yeah. And they broke it down by body function, which was pretty cool. And they mentioned hemp and CBD in the smallest possible way. Uh, and that's fine. Uh, I, I was able to expound uh, a little bit more like in the discussion questions and get more into that. But I also met a lot of really cool people um, through that course because it was a lot of people like me, um, either in um, hemp and CBD or maybe naturopaths or chiropractors taking the class herbalists. Um, so that was really cool. Um, yeah. And then um, I contributed to a book that came out at the beginning of April called CBD for your health, mind and spirit. And I wrote it with a mutual friend of ours. Uh, her name is Carrie Connor. And I always tease her. I'm like, Carrie, you've written a hundred books. And she's like, no, it's like 10. And I'm like, no, it's like a hundred. She's a great author, established author. And I remember meeting her at a pop-up market. Uh, maybe you were, maybe you and John had popped up at yeah. John at that market, or yeah. maybe you were there for something else, but, um, and her book, wake, bake and meditate was just getting ready to come out. And I, and I saw her and I just thought, wow, she's the shit. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. Like if I could, if I could just write a book someday, wow, you know, um, and uh, then when they asked her to write a book about CBD and she, she just asked me, hey, they asked me to write a book about CBD. Can you point me to some resources or, you know, I'm not, which, do, are there any books you think I should get to learn about? It? So um, I just sat down and gave her my intro to CBD edu session that I've given in the past. I gave her that. And then I pointed her to all my favorite, you know, University of Israel and, Cornell's vet science and like all the research that I follow and the articles. Um, and she just went to town and just took that and then did a whole lot more. And, um, and then she came back and said, tell me about fat Sam. And then, so I like wrote a little bit more and then do you have any recipes? And I'm like, heck yes. You know? Mm -hmm. So I kept going with it. And, um, I, I'm just really honored and um, so excited that it came out. And um, so they put my name on the cover. It's on the bottom under Carrie's name. And um, yeah, it's just beyond my wildest dreams. It's wonderful. And I love the book and the, the cover art is beautiful. And um, so we've been doing some podcasts and I'm learning a lot about myself that way. Um, and uh we're doing a book signing um, in uh, Denver at the New Age Trade Show. It's the International New Age Trade Show. And Llewellyn is there, the publisher, in a real big way. And so I'm going to be there signing. And then I'm um, my CBD source is in Evergreen. So I'm going to go there and visit them. Uh, and I'm excited about that. And then I also have a son that lives, my son lives there, my oldest son. Um, and I'm real excited uh, just to be in Denver next wow. month. So nice, nice. Yeah. So once again, you still have a lot going on. And, you know, the one thing you said, and I want to talk a little bit about, I want to go back to this real quick, is like you were talking about the corporate job. I know from my own experience, I I strived when I started at this last, the last company I worked at, it's like, and even before then, I started out in the insurance world as a mail file clerk. And I'm like, one day I'm going to be a claims adjuster. Okay. 
fast forward, I got to be a claims adjuster. And then when I started the last company, it was like, it was, I was one of like eight people and I knew we were growing and I'm like, all right, so one day I'll be a claims supervisor. Yeah. Okay. Um, I got that. And I remember being at my job near the end and sitting at my desk going, I'm going to quit. I'm just going to quit. I can't take this anymore. Yeah. And I think the thing is we, we put such pressure on ourselves that we can achieve these things as far as being in the corporate world, but we yeah. don't understand the political aspect of the corporate world. We don't think about um, the hierarchy and how we're going to fit in and how shit rolls downhill. Yeah. And even though it was something in corporate that did something wrong, your unit's going to get it and you're going to be the one to take it. Yeah. So it's like, okay. So, <sighs> I mean, it, it's not that corporate America is bad. It's just, I think at a certain point, what used to be corporate America in the seventies, where they respected their employees and they've kind of gotten back to doing that recently after the pandemic, because nobody wants to deal with corporate America like they used to. No. Um, I think they're more, there's more of appreciation, but for that, that swath between, I would say the nineties and the early two thousands, you were just a hamster on a wheel. We can replace you. We don't really care yeah. about you. Yeah. And, I, and that, that that's toxic. It takes a lot of toll on you and nobody really thinks about how stress can affect you physically. Yeah. Yeah. It really, really can physically, uh, especially you know, autoimmune gut health. I never, wow. I never had an autoimmune problem on, and the thing is, and that's the one thing about it. And I note, I, I believe in doctors. I believe in medical doctors, folks. It's of not course. that. And some people do need to be on medication, but it's like, instead of looking at the big problem, we want to give you a pill to solve it. I, okay. I have chronic back problems. I have back injuries. I was not sleeping. I was having issues. And immediately the one they go to, and I'm not saying it's not real folks, but they wanted to go to, even though I didn't have all the symptoms, but it was easier to lump me in. Oh, you have fibromyalgia. Okay. Do you want to unpack what else I might have? Or are we just going to go with that? So, And they probably gave you Cymbalta. Oh, I I, oh they gave me some balsa. Yeah, they, they give. They me, give I was on some balsa for three days, and I started having dark thoughts, thinking John would be better off without me. And because I had my mother, who was su who committed suicide, I'm like, this is not me. And I took myself off of it because I had only been on it for three days. And when I went to the doctor, he's like, Yeah, you were right to take yourself off of that. Well, gee, thanks. But yeah. But the real kicker yeah. here is the real kicker is so this was 2006 when all this was going about 2012 we have a car accident and I go to an acupuncturist and she's like I want you to pull your blood work we're gonna pull your blood work completely I'm like okay fine and she looks at me and she goes you have Hashimoto's I'm like what you have a thyroid issue okay and I never nobody the doctor has done the normal thyroid panels all the time. So I take the paper, the blood work and I go to my GP and I hand it to him. And he looks at me and goes, where did you get this? Should I made it up. I mean, but the thing is, why are you asking me where I got it from? Shouldn't your concern be like, oh, well, yeah, I see you have a problem. But no, where'd you get this? But I mean, that's the thing. We, I think there's a lot of people out there with thyroid issues, but we don't want to run all the proper tests. And thyroid is such a hard thing to navigate because it fluctuates so much. Mm. So, but I mean, thyroid, you have a lot of the same symptoms as fibro. And I'm, like I said, I'm not saying that fibro is not real, but if you really unpack for some people, like the, the pain I have, well, I have back issues. I have skeletal problems. Maybe that's it and not the other thing that you can give me yeah. a pill for. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And and we're seeing a shift. Uh not only have we shifted, but we're seeing a shift collectively from especially and I think COVID amplified this for first line health issues. People are looking to natural remedies. You know, I have a headache. They're not going to the ibuprofen first off or the Aleve or whatever. I know I don't. Um, I, you know, I, I have a, a number of herbs or diet resets. A lot of times when I'm feeling achy and my joints hurt or I'm not feeling right, I go, hmm, how did I sleep last night? What have I been eating? Did I have wheat or sugar? 
You know, I go to the things, you know, um, and then we look to the other herbal supplements that we can do to help us, you know, um, and there's a lot out there. Well, for me, and, I, and just because of, go ahead, go ahead. Sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, no. I was just going to say, just because it's natural, the other word of warning is just because it's a natural supplement doesn't mean you can just take it, uh, you know, and go nuts with it because uh, nature is dangerous <laughs> too. So you really should know what you're doing in somewhat or have, tr you know, trusted folks, you know, um, you know, I know where to go to for my herbs and I know where to go to for, you know, all of these things. But that's all I was saying is just. Well, I was going to say, my co-host Sherry, she has a, a, a diet, pro well, not diet program, a clean eating program called Balance for Life. And her and I were talking and she was, you know, corn is something that shouldn't be in your diet. Right. Okay. Corn is all, has always been in my diet. And I've always thought maybe I have a reaction to it. So I quit. I, I eliminated corn out of my diet. And the amazing thing was the next two chiro chiropractor appointments I had, she's like, wow, your muscles, they're not as tense as they've been. And I've always had inflammation markers in my blood and nobody's ever said anything. They're like, oh, it's no big deal. You're fine. Or everybody, very common. Everyone has that. Well, everyone shouldn't. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we, <laughs> we need shouldn't. to look at the bigger picture as to why, but yeah. no, it, it's much easier just to say, okay. And I think, I think that's the thing. It's like, as long as we're not really digging into the deep problem, we're just, and, and that's, Unfortunately, it's part of what has happened with the medical industry is because I go, fortunately, my doctor, she'll spend an hour with me, but yeah. most doctors now are not allowed to do that. In fact, the one doctor I was complaining about, he left the practice because he's like, they give me 15 minutes. That's it. Because corporate says you can spend 15 minutes with a patient and that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then uh, my family doctor um, is part of a um, medical group or a practice management. So, um, you know, they, they are very regimented. And so, uh, but he has a foot into natural wellness as well, but we don't document that. So when I make an appointment, he just charts what they want. And then we go off and we talk about, you know, mm -hmm. the other thing, um, but he can't, you know, so he's, he's a very big supporter of, medical cannabis and CBD and all of that, but, um, he can't document that. And I don't want it documented in my chart right. to be honest, because I don't, you know, it doesn't need to be what, what, right. how are they going to help me? Are you going to use it to judge me? <laughs> right. Well, I mean, what's, what's interesting for me, you were talking about the blood pressure issue. You have low blood pressure for me. I was diagnosed with high blood pressure at 27. And now my doctors are like, well, you know, with you losing weight and everything, we're going to get you off the blood pressure medicine. They're like, really your blood pressure is not high. And I'm thinking, well, that's because you changed the parameters of blood pressure, high blood pressure in the last 20 years. So maybe I should have never been on the medicine to begin with. In the first place. But <laughs> I, I mean, and I don't fault the medical community. They're doing, they're doing the best that they can. And I'm glad we have them because they have helped a lot of different things. I don't fault them at all. Of course. Of it's, course. It's just, I wish that we could dig deeper than just going through the drive-by and going, oh, well, let's see, you got enough symptoms. Let me just put you in this box. But we put everything in boxes in this world. So I guess that's just par for Yeah, the and they have to crank you out and they can't, they can't afford to care or to spend enough time to really um, partner with you. And that's why I think the time is, is now, I mean, it's been, but the time is now for all of us to really be better advocates for our own health care. Um, and I, I was talking to somebody else, um, and we have a book idea about that too. So I, I have a assignment over the summer to outline that, um, just my part, you know, of it, but yeah, when we you, really do. When you think about it now that, and I mean, we've always had doc in the boxes, we've always had them, but, yeah. but it's a little scarier when you can go to your local CVS clinic and, you know, I mean, is that. Is that a good thing that we're not, and, and is it really a doctor you're seeing or is it a nurse practitioner? I mean, they're, and they're, they're just showing off protocol and they're just following protocol because everything is protocol out. Mm -hmm. Everything is metric out, you know? Um, it goes yeah. back to the blood work. It goes back to the thyroid blood work. Well, the thyroid yeah. panels we can run is this one and this one. We can't run the other ones. Vitamin D deficiency, how much, okay, now we can talk about this real quick. Vitamin D deficiency is a big thing to make you tired, make you, make you, your muscles ache and everything else. 
and I was chronically vitamin D de- de- uh, deficient. But here's the thing. We don't pull that panel because it costs too much to pull that panel. And we <laughs> have to have approval from your insurance company to be able to pull that panel. Otherwise, you're going to have to pay. But wouldn't it make sense to get to the root of the problem? Yes, yeah. I stepped into a hot mess, but anyway, that's that's no, it is. It's the whole it's the whole basis of how I'm here mm-hmm. right now. Um, I don't think I would I don't think I could have lasted much longer on all those meds. Um my my I'm I'm sitting on the couch and my husband's like, Can you feel your heartbeat? And I'm like, What are you talking about? He's like, Your heart is racing over there. I can just feel it off of you. So we went and got, uh, I had like a sports watch somewhere. So he charged it up for me and he's like, I want you to wear this so we can track all of it. So I was at like 120, two weeks straight. It would go up. It might go down to 108, never under a hundred for two weeks straight. (laughs) Wow. That's insane. And the neurologist didn't want to do anything. They're like, well, that sounds like your psych meds. The psych meds like, oh, well here, we'll just give you another pill. It'll be fine. You know, it was just nuts. It was nuts. I mean, that's, what you, that's, 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 if you keep that up, that's damaging your heart. And, and yeah, I mean, and you know, I'm, I think I have a little bit of a higher heart rate anyway. Um, but it's never that high and it should be pretty low. I mean, especially all of the endurance skating that I've done and, you know, always skating in that my heart rate should be much lower than that. And now that you're <laughs> off all the, after you're off the meds, did it come down? Yeah. Oh yeah. It's completely, completely back to normal now. Yeah. Wow. Wow. So if somebody wanted to join roller derby, what would you tell them? Um, I would say, uh, I would say do it, of course. And I would say, uh, call me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, um, look it up. Look, uh, look up at your local rink and, um, See where the leagues are in your area. Um, you know, if you can't find something, you're always welcome to find me on social media or whatever, and I can help you find a league that I might know. Um, but uh, you're going to love it. And uh, don't give up. And if you're learning something new. The biggest thing with new skaters um, is they get so stuck in their head uh, that this is hard or they can't do it or my body doesn't move like that or I don't know how that it actually prevents them from doing all the things that they think they can't, but really they can, you know, how, how yeah. in comparison, I guess here's a good question too, is how in comparison is the real life experience versus the movie? Oh, it's totally different. It's different. Well, for one, um, we're not skating on a bank track anymore. There are some in California and Texas and Florida and uh, Chicago has one. It's in storage right now. And I can't wait for my friend to get that back up and running again. But that'll be up soon, I hope. Um, But uh, really, most leagues are playing on the flat track. So they're playing at your local roller rink or at a gymnasium. Um, So that's one difference. Um, There's no... um, hands or elbows or you know whip it was like taking heads and throwing them off the track I mean we would get ejected you might get banned from roller derby for your whole life from that you know we hit with our hips and shoulders you know your side meat um you can't hit anybody in the back you can't hit with the elbows I can't grab anybody with my hands and just move them out of the way as much as you want to you can't you have to hit them with your body okay fair enough um, yeah. So that's a difference. I mean, I could, you know, that's, it's a lot, you know, I mean, of course, but back in the day, that's how Derby was, I think. Yeah. Maybe. Well, yeah. I mean, if you see, I think there was a roller derby thing on Miami vice, there was one in uh, a Duran Duran long form video called arena where they had girls in, in teddies doing roller derby stuff, of course, you know, because that's just what you do um but i mean it was it was a lot more elbowing it was a lot more throwing you know because guys like to watch women in cat fights i guess i don't know in lingerie so yeah so that that whole stigma um is it was more like it was more like that um and then um it's definitely much more athletic now like 
it's it's not that we have uniforms. Um, when I was on the Chicago Red Hots, we had to use our last names and we had two digit two digit numbers. Um, there were no derby names, just your last name. Uh, and they wanted to help uh, reduce that stigma um, and be perceived as a serious sport because it is a serious sport. It's it's hard. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is there are other leagues out there. Um, there's one in Chicago called the Chicago Knockouts, and they're amazing. And they're more of that. They're a little bit more staged. Um, they're doing tricks on skates and their games are a lot of fun too. I mean, it is fun. They're like the Harlem Globetrotters. Then. Yeah. Only hot. <laughs> and I mean, I'm, not, I'm not disparaging. I mean, if they're doing tricks and everything, that's what comes to mind is that oh. it's going to be that fun, you know, the whole yeah. Harlem Globetrotter thing back in the day. Yeah. So. They're great. Now that uh, I guess we should be wrapping this up. Is there anything that we haven't talked about that you would like to add? No, no. Thanks for having me. I, I don't know. Uh, and thanks for uh, bearing through the tangents. You're fine. I love talking. It was well, nice. Thank you for coming. I, I've seen the video for Cheryl's wedding and I, and it was just an amazing little, it's an amazing ceremony. And I think that, you know, while it was simple, I think that's, that was part of what was so great about it. It was something that wasn't overdone. It was something from the heart. And when you have both passions, the person you love that you're marrying and you're doing it with a passion that you guys share, it's a wonderful thing. And I would highly recommend Cheryl's uh, Fat Sam's products. Cammy would give it two paws up. She has uh, used, I have used that on Cammy to calm her during her, you know, thunderstorms and things of that nature. Uh, Cause she really does not like, she's a little high anxiety dog when it comes to thunderstorms. It's not her thing and fireworks. So I would highly recommend that. And she is developing a peanut butter line as well now. So, and as far as her pain management products, my husband used to take them and he did swear by them. So, but I hope you guys learned some stuff about the roller derby If you want to check out her site, it's crybabycryer.com. And as always, if you have a question, you want to be a guest on the podcast, or you have a concern and want to leave a remark for me, you can do so by sending me a message at Donna, D-A-U-N-A, at better2podcast.com. That's Donna at better2podcast.com. If you want to catch up on the show and you missed an episode and you want, or you want to find our social links, you can do so by fi- going to better2podcast.com as well. As always, the show is brought to you by Kitty Mystic and dmneedham.com. And our sound and audio is done by Rich Zai of 30-Year Audio Productions. And I hope whenever you listen to this, you have a great weekend, day, evening, whatever time it is. And I'll catch you next time, guys. Bye. Better Two Podcast is mixed, edited, and produced by Rich Zai of Third Ear Audio Productions.